0: Hey guys thank you for tuning in to another episode of the neat Pour. this week nick and i are diving into the four roses small batch on the side we're dipping into the brooklyn brewery's black ops that was also aged in the four roses small batch barrels so grab your drinks sit back and relax and we hope you enjoy the show And we're live, baby.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, we Shalanda. Oh, hey. What's going He's on? Deaf, that song. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Uh, can you hear me? I'm Nick.
0: And I'm Shalanda. Hey, what's
1: up? It's the poor man. Welcome back. Shalanda, we've got uh Four Roses episode. We're jumping right in. Four Roses episode featuring Brooklyn Brewery because Brooklyn Brewery use Four Roses barrels for their black ops.
0: So this is a crossover episode. We're doing beer. And bourbon is where Chicago beer geek slash Afro beer cheek chick meets the Newport cheeks. Yes, I've been drinking Them cheeks, no cheeks, no cheeks, baby. God, yeah, man, that's exactly
1: <laughs> what it is, man. But I mean, yeah, man, the worlds of beer and whiskey often collide with us. I think the last time we appreciated a beer and a bourbon was probably well or twelve. Yeah. Where, you know, I didn't like Weller 12, we started drinking, uh, what is it, uh, Anniversary, BCS, and then I'm like, man, this Weller 12 ain't so bad.
0: And yet you went today and bought another bottle of Weller of 12.
1: I bought it off Josh Riley, but, you know, I didn't go out.
0: I'm but. talking about the bourbon.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I had to reload yeah. the bottle that I traded. So, you know, ever since I read that Julian Van Winkle drinks Weller 12 out of his flask, I need to have Weller 12 on deck. Well, you Mm -hmm. know,
0: it's like somebody said today on the Newport Twitter. (laughs) Julian Van Winkle only has to count money. (laughs) Which is true. That's his biggest worry.
1: That's a fact, man. Um, We're excited about this episode. I think it speaks to us individually. You know, it speaks to our whole selves. Does it? It does.
0: Please break that down.
1: Beer and bourbon, all in the same show.
0: Well, I would say this, that you know, these barrel-aged beers were my gateway to drinking the bourbon. So, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah. Um, small First of all, Four Roses small batch. Let's start there. Um, and then the Brooklyn uh, B- Black Ops, which is a barrel-aged version of their beer, Black Chocolate Stout. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I think this is a bourbon show. So, uh, let's leave with a little bit of the bourbon. Now, I tell you something, man. This Four Roses. We're big Four Roses fans around here. This is probably the only time we repeat it. A, a, a distillery? Yeah, I'm lying. We probably oh, no, we did. <laughs> we did <it> a <laughs> few times. Yeah. Um, how's my vocals? How do we sound? They,
0: we sound good. I mean, we're gonna. Here's the thing. We're going to re- repeat distillers because of the different, you know, versions of Mashvilles that they have and they come out with. So yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's a fact. Um, I think the first time was Four Roses 130th anniversary. Maybe the second show we've ever done. Mm -hmm. Right, That's a fantastic bottle. Mm -hmm. The problem with Four Roses, in my opinion, is that the super fancy bottle, their top of the line bottle, looks a lot like this bottle. It does. Which looks a lot like the Small Batch Select.
0: Which it does. You have to look. I had to look kind of hard. Wait a minute. Hold on. Isn't that the same bottle?
1: It's the exact same bottle style.
0: Yes.
1: Which, you know, is kind of weird. But. One thing I noticed from a distance is that these are similar crews with regards to taste profile. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, uh, when I think four roses and I think, uh, Brooklyn, I think balance. Yes. You know, I think, uh, four roses, I think I'm drinking this thing. I get all kind of, uh, berry and spice and Oak all at the same time. Uh, fucking, uh, Brooklyn's notorious for just having their bottles in a corking cage, you know, six turns on the cage before it opens. That's every universal. And that's an OCD
0: shit, you count it. <laughs>
1: yeah, six times every time. If you don't, well, because if you don't have it, if it doesn't turn six times, you got a bootleg cage. <gasps> is
0: but that a fact? That's a fact.
1: So it's got to turn six times. Oh, but uh, a lot of their stuff is bottle fermented, champagne yeast. So it's got a similar kind of profile where it's just kind of like it's meant to just be um, a little more subdued on the, on the flavor profile, I would say. A lot of their stuff's a little more subdued on the flavor profile and more in step than... M- uh, of, of more than their peers, but I would say that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Whew. All right. So, which one you want to start off for? You want to talk about the bourbon first, or you want to talk about the beer first? I think we should talk about the beer first, and then lead up to the bourbon.
1: That's fine. Let's get um. Let's get it on. Um. So, master distiller,
0: Garrett but, Oliver.
1: Um. He's the master. He's the brewmaster mm-hmm. at, at uh, Four Roses. The master distiller at um at F- Four Roses is uh, Brent Ellis Elliot. Brent Elliot. Now, Bryn took over for James, or for Jim Rutledge, who left to go start Cream, Cream of Kentucky. Is that right? Yeah. Cream. Crema, Kentucky. Okay. He said he was retiring. He retired for a little bit, and then launched fucking the JW Rutledge distillery, and then started doing Cream of Kentucky. But anyway, those are the two crews. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh, Garrett. Now, what's your first Garrett Oliver experience, Shalonda?
0: Fresh Fest. Okay. It was dope, you know. I had never met him until then. So it was pretty cool for to see him walk around and then come up to my table and say hi to me. So it was just really exciting. Um, he's really laid back. He's really chill. He's very um, personable, you know. I really like to hear him speak because he's very knowledgeable about this industry, especially, you know, being a black man in the beer industry that goes back into like nineteen eighty to nineteen yeah. eighties. Yeah. You know,
1: um, Brooklyn came online in eighty
0: eight. Yeah, so where <laughs> there was no black people in the beer industry, so it's re- he's really a pioneer for us in this industry. So this is where I'm geeking out on the beer side. Like, there's this is Garrett Oliver. He's considered to be a legend in the brewing industry.
1: What I like about Garrett is that he appears to be. A very worldly guy, that happens to also be a brewmaster, right? Right. Um, the most interesting thing uh, uh, Michael Kaiser from Good Beer Hunting had Garrett Oliver at his studio, and um, you know I was just there in, uh, as a face in the crowd. I wanted to listen to what they were saying, and uh, Garrett mentioned you know he had the you know he had the fedora on or some kind of strange top hat and some you know socks like this kind of socks Chilada would wear if we're going to, on a beer run, you know but he talked about <laughs> he, he talked about how Brooklyn Brewery um you know almost 40% of all the beer they make is being sold overseas now. Oh wow. Being sold in Norway, you know. And um he wrote the Brewmasters Table and then uh the first time I actually met him was through uh the uh the Beer Encyclopedia that he wrote, mm. right? The um and you know this was at Benny's and uh yeah, that was that was my limited Garrett Oliver experience. Oh, but then also there was a there was a party in Indiana called the uh, beer bloggers conference years, years ago.
0: I remember you went to that.
1: BBC. They had to stop using the BBC hashtag. <laughs> uh, Why? Because, you know. Well two reasons. because it uh,
0: is the world news
1: and Britain. Oh, yeah. But then also it was slang for some, you know, nefarious activities on the on the uh, on the internets.
0: So they, <laughs> so
1: they had to change. They had to change BBC. Oh, but anyway, um, but he spoke there. It's
0: funny how Nick always knows these little random facts. I
1: was there. Me and me and uh, Cujo were there. But he talked about, uh, you know, he talks about one of his overarching themes is like a return to normalcy for beer and the beer's place in American culture and how the fifties and the sixties they used like, you know, they wanted to taste things that taste the same from coast to coast in the 50s and 60s and how we lost our identity in Mm -hmm. that and how, you know, beer and coffee and artisanal bread is all, it's not really a resurgence. It's more of a return to how things were before the Industrial Revolution, you know, where where beer and artisan cheeses and all this shit was like all kind of like a local, it was a local thing. You didn't travel to go get beer. You know, you made whatever the folks were around you, whatever they made, that's what you had. So it was more of a return to that. So he speaks from that space. He speaks from that space, and that's 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 part of the reason why I like him. Um, but talk about talking about this beer in particular: uh, black chocolate stout and Black Ops. Black Ops, which is a cool name, kind of started as a as a um, as a ghost bottle, right? Where they just made it for you know people that worked at Brooklyn. It just kind of showed up. They kind of presented it as gifts because they didn't have enough. To give to all their accounts, so it kind of started off as that. It kind of started off as a secret, and then once marketing got on board, then they started making more of it. But it kind of that's how that that was his beginnings. And then you listen to Garrett talk, and he talks about the base beer, black chocolate stout, was the exact same thing.
0: So let's get into the review of this beer before we get into the bourbon. What is your personal opinion of the Black Ops?
1: Um, black chocolate stout or Black Ops. Um, has a little bit more bitterness You're moving the microphone closer Has a little bit more bitterness Than I was expecting um, And then all those kind of fun Like bourbon characteristics And even like stout The roasty stout characteristics Are kind of in the background of that But what caught me off guard was Just how big, aggressive, and bitter this beer is
0: you know what? What I enjoy about it the most, you know, we had a beer earlier today. It was just too sweet. And this one is, the. I taste the chocolate. I'm getting the complexities of this beer. It's not overwhelmingly sweet. I love how simple, but then it hits you with the complexities of the cho- of the dark chocolate. I mean, a part of me feels like maybe even some baker's chocolate. Because, you know, baker's chocolate is usually a little bit more bitter than like the milk chocolate that you know you might taste in candy,
1: so yeah. I'm excited to, I'm excited to have this cheese, cheese have this <laughs> beer with a cheese, or have this beer with something else. I think it leaves room for those things. Like it's not a full, you know, like in comparison to like Burman County Stout, it's not a overly decadent experience. It's almost kind of. It's almost kind of effortless and kind of, it's got like a, um, what is it? I don't want to say light because it's a barrel-aged stout. But it's kind of, it's it's very nimble, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. for it to be a big beer. Yeah, It's a very nimble big beer that invites you to try other things with it, right? Like I'm enjoying it on its own, but I'm like, man, I'm thinking of other things that I would, that I can include with this experience. It's not a sensory overload. I think that's what I like most about it. You know what I'm saying?
0: You know, it's crazy. I'm going to say something completely off the wall, but it fits the, it fits this there. For me, this is like the champagne of stouts. Mm. You know, this is, for me, this is what a stout should be. It should be, you should have the hints of the notes of the chocolate, whatever is whatever the ingredients are, but it's not overpowering and not over Yeah.
1: Now, Brooklyn, um, in the past, they used, uh, Woodford Reserve barrels, mm-hmm. um, And then, you know, as they grew, they decided that a partnership was necessary. But that partnership wasn't there for Woodford. But they actually knew a, they actually knew a Four Roses, uh, like marketing team member because he was a brewer for twenty five years. So it's kind of a natural thing to have them, uh, you know, partner brand wise with Four Roses. Now the Four Roses Small Batch. We talked about how much we dig Four Roses around here. Uh, Four Roses Small Batch is a blend of four different uh, Four Roses uh, recipes, right? And, you know, they have 10 from the El Seagram days with all those yeast codes, right? Um, So we'll just run through the ones that are in this small batch. It's a six to seven year product, the Four Roses Small Batch. Um, O-E-S-O, O-B-S-O, O-B-S-K, and O-E-S-K.
0: We have O-E-S-K on the bar over here.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Four Roses, man, um, I cannot say enough nice things about them. I just, I just really, dude, I love your band. <laughs> <laughs> He's a total band boy. <laughs> you know, I just, I just dig all the shit they do, man. It, you know, approachable, accessible, um, and then, you know, nothing. And then, I said the word balance earlier, but it just, it comes back to that for me, right? Um Tasting all these things all at once is always a super fun experience for me, especially in a world where, you know, you get a lot of, sometimes you get a lot of sweet oak, sometimes you get a lot of caramel. Right. Sometimes you get a lot of fucking heat, like on the Booker stuff. But to have all these things kind of playing your mouth at once, I think there's something to be said about that. So,
0: you know what, for me, I'm going to say is this um, Four Roses is actually one of the first bourbons I really enjoyed drinking. Four Roses was my gateway bourbon. My gateway bourbon, mm. just like Sophie was my gateway beer into the craft beer industry. So, yeah,
1: now, um, now this Four Roses version of Black Ops is aged for a full year in uh Four Roses barrels, mm-hmm. where the traditional Black Ops is really aged like four months, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just want to say shout out to Four Roses because. The most recent version of Benthic, they they wax poetic about how excited they were that you know Four Roses was one of the barrels that they used, and they even like recalled the day they went and got the damn barrels from Four Roses, and they talk about how the Four Roses uh, single barrel just imparts like a certain overly bourbon character to the beer. You know, drinking bourbon and drinking bourbon barrel aged beers are not the same experience. That's true. So, that is so true. And some of these, I think uh, the, the Benthic in particular, it, like it half Willet and half Four Roses barrels. But, you know, to talk about the impact, because they all impacted differently. You know, like I think some of them are kind of like, um, I think that that classic bourbon flavor. They were saying how, man, every barrel doesn't do that for you, mm-hmm. which is bizarre because it's a bourbon barrel. Right, <laughs> Every bourbon barrel doesn't impart like a classic bourbon Overly bourbon tones. It kind of picks up one of the things that you like about bourbon, like in the uh, Old Forrester birthday one. It, yeah. It's a distinct berry note for the bourbon county, or it, you know, if it, it might be caramel, you right. know, it might be cherry. Right. But all the things that bourbon is doesn't really come through a lot in bourbon barrel aged beers, which is bizarre to say, but brewers will tell you that's how it is.
0: Well, then I also think that. It also depends on the beer itself because is that beer allowing those notes to come through? You know what I'm saying? Because you have some beers, but it's just too much for the barrel notes to, to hit. Like we, especially when you come to a lot of these Patriot Stouts and they're doing verbal, you know, barrel aged beers, you know, it's just it's too much. You can't allow those natural flavors to, to hit when nope. there's so much sugar and adjuncts in it. So it's like it takes away from that, the barrel. The barrel
1: flavors. I was surprised to hear that uh it was only aged for four months, the original Black Ops, in those Woodford barrels. Mm-hmm. Because um uh, beer guys will tell you that you don't really get the magic of the vanilla lin, they call it. You don't get the magic of what's in that barrel until like eight to twelve months. So I was I was interested I was curious to hear why it was only like a four month thing mm-hmm. in those barrels. But Ooh, I feel like this is all catching up with me, Shalanda.
0: That's because we've been drinking all goddamn day. <laughs> is that right?
1: Um now, Black Ops, I think he said black black the base beer. This is Black Ops. Oh, um Black Chocolate Stout. Yes. He said he first made that beer in ninety four when he was at uh Manhattan Brewing.
0: Damn, I was still in high school.
1: Yeah, I think that was my last year, high school. Um Old ass. In comparison, I think uh, two years earlier, uh, Bourbon County Stout debuted in '92. Now,
0: I was on in like eighth
1: grade. That was probably my <laughs> uh, that might have been my second year of high school, '92. Oh, but I remember clearly like uh, Greg Hall talking about the origins of Bourbon County Stout and how you know it's 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 notorious now how it got kicked out of the Great American Beer Fest. But one of the judges was you know. Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewing. and he's like, "I don't know what this is, but this shit is great." Right. You know, and then Greg, Greg Hall would kind of name check Garrett as one of the guys that was really into it before it got kicked out. Mm-hmm. So then, two years later, Garrett comes out with this barrel stout, and I think the, that experience with Greg Hall kind of, kind of set the tone for him to want to go in that direction because they made this beer, they put it in barrels, and they put tarps over it, and they didn't say shit to anybody else in the crew right. at Brooklyn. So I thought that was interesting. Um, let's see. There was a Copper and King's Orange Curacao uh, barrel version of this beer that took a gold at the uh, Great, Great British Beer Festival a couple of years ago. Yeah, so that speaks to how this beer is constructed. But, yeah, man. Um, I think in comparison to, well, nowadays, I'm just a big fan of, like, you know, well, we've always been a big fan of barrel aged beers, but then tracing down the source whiskey and then maybe having those side by side as an experience has been a lot of fun lately. And we said, you know, how Weller 12 and uh, Goose anniversary was the latest example of how how fucking fun that can be as a, as an evening. Yeah. You know, and then when they co-branded this, that's the first thing I got excited about. Because I saw uh, Brent and, and Garrett talking on, like, a fucking Instagram for, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. And um, what they said that I remember was, like, the four recipes that, uh, what, that Four Roses has. Mm-hmm. In order to truly have a small batch Four Roses barrel-aged beer, they had to go pick those same barrels, you know, the four recipes and then age their beer in equal parts in those four different recipes, right? Which is kind of a pain in the ass to do. So we're just following into detail. Because if you say the bottle, this bottle of uh, Black Ops says Four rows of Small Batch Edition. There is no one barrel that says small batch mm-hmm. at the distillery. The small batch is a blend of four. So to truly have a small batch, you got to go in and really painstakingly go find those four barrel types. And then mm-hmm. equally split the beer in those and age it for a year. So, I just thought it spoke to the dedication on both ends, right? The distiller and the brewer. Right. So, yeah. Whew.
0: Wait a minute. That's my bar partner Pour your own. Wow. So. <laughs> well, I'm digging both this bourbon and
1: this
0: beer. And if anybody is looking listening to uh, from Brooklyn Brewery, we would love to have Garrett Oliver on the show to discuss beer and bourbon. Hint, hint.
1: Yeah, and I tell you, man, I could be I could be dreaming, but I swear I saw Do the Right Thing in 1988, and I saw Brooklyn Lager in that movie. Whereas a scene where Mookie's going into like a like a you know convenience store or something, but of the major releases. Uh, Four Roses and Brooklyn, both deserve credit. This is one you can walk right into the store and grab. Mm. Right? Yeah, because yeah. I totally went <laughs> to the Bear Temple today
0: and took the last two that they had. So, shouts out, Bear Temple.
1: Yeah, this is one you can go directly into the store and grab. And I think there's something to be said about that. And these are crews that have a long history. And if you listen to the folks that are running the show there, they can't wait to get into, like, these really educational conversations with you about, you know, how the, the bottle for this beer is actually, people think it's a champagne bottle, but, you know, champagne actually jacked beer for their bottle type, you know, and the Four Roses guys can't wait to talk about, you know, the history of all these different yeast codes and, and why they have were they the only crew in all of Kentucky that has these single level warehouses all through their distillery. So, you know, it's an interesting pairing. They, when they got together, it kind of made sense. And I'm excited that I'm experiencing this. And then the fact that it's readily available just makes it even that much cooler. So.
0: Well, there you are. Any final words on the bourbon and the beer? <coughs> you all right over there, old man?
1: I'm good, man. No. Uh, just enjoying both. I just want to say cheers to them, man, because it's a perfect kind of holiday. You know, black f- post Black Friday situation. I think this is the perfect post Black Friday. It is. Uh, podcast with these two crews that we really did. So
0: All right. Well we're gonna wrap up here and um we thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Kneeport. And please excuse the horn you know, the horn hunt I know.
1: We're recording, God damn it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's just like the afro just like this. This TikTok's beer. What you hear is what you get because we don't edit shit. So um, until next time, you can catch us on the Neaport and all the social medias and individually at Afro Beer Chick on all my social medias. And you can hit them up on the Chicago Beer Pass slash Chicago Beer Geeks. And until next time, peace out.